um, do you ever watch those military homecoming videos of like the soldiers going to like their uh, child's school or like surprising their cheerleader wife at a basketball or football game? She was like, yeah. And I was like, you ever wonder if uh, if they like if they go straight from the plane or if they like have a stopover at the hotel first, like example, if, if like, like example, it's the military husband surprising his cheerleader wife at the basketball game. So let's say his wife, you know, cheerleads for the Rockets game. This was probably 2018 pre COVID days. Obviously I don't think there's any cheerleaders in the NBA right now, but let's just say, you know, he's trying to surprise his cheerleader wife at halftime. But his flight comes at like 3 p.m. He wants to go to the mall. Do you think he like changes his outfit to go to the mall? Or he goes home first, wears civilian clothes. And then I was like, time to surprise my wife. Puts on his uniform again. Like there's... Like he's got to... They got to go straight. Because I mean... <laughs> Daryl might as well, you know, next time he wants to surprise his wife... You know, he going to just wear his little, you know, his banker outfit, like, you know, his banker uniform attire. And then everybody better have the same emotional reaction. Like, with all due respect for all those, quote unquote, defending our country, whatever that means. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Whoa. This man. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm, I'm looking at it from a, a third, like an outsider point of view. Obviously, as Americans, all of us here are Americans, as far as I'm concerned. As an American, I can say that. I have all the right constitutional rights. I don't know about my fellow panelists, but I will speak on their behalf. Because once again, <laughs> as I said, I am the voice for the voiceless, the voice for the hopeless, and the face for those who don't have nobody representing them. Hashtag for Kyle. Um, Nino. For, for Nino, there you go. For Nino, um, prayers up. Nino is strong. Nino is strong. Hey, bro, you see your milk guy. This guy is no. a, a calcium expert. Uh, Daryl is wearing a tracksuit. Wearing. We should have mentioned that. And he's wearing glasses, and he looks like Vector from Despicable Me. That guy from Despicable Me. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to the Large Guys Podcast. This is, of course, your favorite show, the best show, not on TV. I'm your host, Joseph Kirai. And what's today's date? Let's see. It is Thursday, January 21st. I'm not sure when this is actually going to go out. Might be a couple days from now. Um, might be tomorrow. Who knows? But it is Thursday, January 21st. First, crazy that we're almost done with January, the first month of 2021. Um, and today we are here to give the long anticipated Ozark review seasons one through three. I know Daryl mentioned on our best of show, which you can catch on our YouTube channel or on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, <clears throat> that we did at the end of the year. He mentioned that Ozark was in his top five shows that he had seen last year. And that got all of us interested in watching the show. It started with Kyle and then Pow, and then I eventually watched it. 
and we all finished it, or at least I was the last one to finish last week. And I'll be honest, ever since that last scene of season three, I've been excited to just talk about this on the show and do do a review, especially because like, I mean, we've talked about it in the chat and stuff, but um, I'm not sure. I think you guys have a separate chat <laughs> that you were talking about it while I was still watching. But I mean, I, I no, have really... we have a we have a separate chat just to talk mess about you. <laughs> it's I'd not about like, Ozark. I'd be like, this man be making terrible commissioner duties this last season. <laughs> this is why I was cost some of my matchup. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, so this this is the first time we're really like sitting down and talking about you know different themes, characters, and stuff like that. Really diving into this show, so I'm really excited to just kind of chop it up and talk with everybody about their thoughts on Ozark. And I think definitely if I had seen it last year, it would have definitely made my top five, but it's a new year. Also it's, it's a new day in America, by the way, yesterday we had the, right yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. We had the inauguration of president Biden. So it's, it's truly a, it just feels like a, a new, there's a new, a new it's hope a new or day. a new wave, yes, a new day. Yes, it is. It's it's a new dawn, you know. Um, <laughs> the not, yeah, not not just not just for the U.S. but also for the Large Guys podcast. And speaking of this show, we of course have we're whole again. Actually, um, it's been a couple episodes. This is the first time this year in 2021 that all four of us have been together, and so it's good to have everybody. So we will start with, of course the usual our resident bald guy he just came back from working out as you can see he uh was uh lifting and flexing probably looking a little a little bigger there you go yeah um paulo salazar how you doing pal what's up everyone uh, welcome welcome to the pod to our to our regulars to our casuals welcome to the show and to uh, the first-time listeners, if this is your first time joining us today here on the Large Guy Podcast, this is just an opportunity for us to just talk about some random stuff. So um, subscribe, and I hope you you enjoy the show. This yeah. man always trying to be like an R&B radio voice. <laughs> it's true. got to do it, bro. got to get my, my, my personality voice on the, on the podcast. Yeah. And speaking of random stuff, we always have something new going on on the Large Guys podcast, especially our YouTube channel. And like I said, subscribe so we can get to those 100 subscribers so that Kyle can finally put Pow into a chokehold, a triangle chokehold that will be filmed and posted to our Instagram page. Speaking of Kyle, Kyle did something fun and that we're going to continue to hopefully do moving forward. But uh, we uploaded the first edition of the Large Guys Fight Bites which was Kyle's preview and predictions of the main event for UFC 257, which will be happening this Saturday. So check that out if you can. Now, we also have our co-host all the way from Chicago, Illinois, Daryl Borja. Again, not sure what Kyle has prepared for, but Daryl, how are you doing? How's uh, Is it still, is there like snow still going on in Chicago or what? Yeah, I mean, it's actually been a pretty mild winter for us, but... Um... But yeah, you know, I didn't have to put on a sweater, so Kyle doesn't have to roast me if I was wearing a sweater or whatnot. So just wearing a Henley. You know, so we'll see what Kyle's got. We'll see what Kyle's got. But it's good to be here. I know I missed last uh, the last episode, but it's good to be back. 
Yeah, we pulled double duty. We had uh, two episodes go up within like three days. Yeah. So definitely we, we understand that you had to take a load management day. You are, as Kyle said, you are in a different league of life <laughs> than we are. You have uh, different, different responsibilities that we don't, um, that we don't have to deal with in life yet. And so we totally uh, yeah, understand. Daryl had to go take care and launder his money. For the uh, <laughs> Navarro cartel. Yeah. Daryl was actually kidnapped and taken on a plane to Mexico for a few days. So that's why he uh, we, we didn't have him last episode. <laughs> um, and of course, last but not least, we have a blast from the past with his, his outfit from about a decade ago. We got Kyle Esteban. Uh, would you like to explain what is going on right now? Because I think some people are... Are if you're they're watching on YouTube and they're thinking, oh, like brings back lots of memories. And then there's probably other people that are like, what what is the hundreds or what is this hat? All right, first of all, it's Kyle Esteban. I'm tired of uh, people gentrifying my last name. And it's like if they could pronounce like Timothy Chalamet or something, they could pronounce my last name. I don't even pronounce his name right, and that's well deserved because <laughs> no one ever pronounces my name right, first or last. <laughs> um but uh welcome everybody it's your um your favorite host the face of the franchise the voice for the hopeless the voice for the voiceless the number one supporter of the troops (laughs) 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 i'm joined by my fellow uh co-host um pinoy pinoy mcgregor over there um you know with uh you know, motivated, shaved and motivated and ready for Saturday. <laughs> and, right. um, you know, a representative from uh, the mid-north, from the Windy City. Um, his sound audio sounds a little windy, but it's not because of the weather. It's because uh, this man be on a uh, speakerphone all the time when he's recording our pod. And uh, this man has everything in life. He has a wife. He has a roof over his head. He has a nice job. He has a car, but with all those things, it don't matter because this man don't even have a 3.5 mm headphone jack. So, uh, what's the point of living in luxury when you can't even listen with headphones and earphones? Come on, man. <laughs> you know, along with the canes coupons, I might send you one of my old Apple headphones. Man. <laughs> How do you not have a jack? Anyways, um, I'm obviously the producer and founder of this. Um, of this pod uh you know jq um but uh you know people are wondering what's up with the throwback and that's because uh this past week and a half i just went uh on a trip back to memory lane and i went back on a deep dive just watching old dance videos of mine which you know made me go into a rabbit hole and i started watching dance clips from you know this generation of dancers i was watching old world of dance videos old abdc videos and uh i was just inspired by you know the dancing and urban style that i had to break out you know what was left of my hype beast days which is this the hundred sweatshirt and this undefeated fitted that i don't even know the last time i wore in a, a fitted cap but either i'm i'm about to go on a dance session after this or i'm about to go uh do some kickflips, but uh, <laughs> but regardless, I just uh, wanted to uh, do it one time for the culture and uh, dress like this. But I was just also I was already wearing the sweatshirt because 
uh, I'd be making uh, random dance vids when I'm inspired. So uh, I was dancing to uh, Miko Cosmos by BTS. Shout out to BTS. I've been on that song. That song's probably uh, the best song of all time. Miko Cosmos, so if you're a listener. That's and- the only army Kyle supports BTS. Um. <laughs> 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 hey bro i i'm a lover of, of, of the troops all right i'm troop supporter um troop troop supporter yeah but um okay. what's it called? but uh yeah i was dancing to that and i was dancing to something relevant to this pod i was dancing i uh, feeling you know just my just letting out all my swagger um juices out just because i have to let it out when you know you're just feeling that you want to groove and uh ooh la la that's how uh ozark ended with a bang ooh la la by run the jewels that was the last song played on season Good three song. finale i've been bumping that song non-stop and uh, i had to just dance to that and so um so yeah we're we're excited for for tonight i don't even know how it's gonna be broken down but we're, we're just gonna talk ozark yeah so I think uh, we'll we'll start with kind of like our non-spoiler part, just for you know at least we can kind of give just our thoughts of real quick. Maybe why. Also, hold on, real quick. Um, before I forget, this episode is unofficially sponsored by Chick Fil A, nice. uh, Daryl's old stomping grounds. Uh, believe it or not, Daryl uh, once uh, shook hands with the president of the Chick Fil A uh, Mid North Division and. Um, at one point, he looked Daryl in the eyes and said, young man, one of these days, you will lead this company. But then Daryl decides to leave Chick-fil-A for J.Crew. And then, you know, he never even met the J.Crew president. So, you know, you know Daryl missed out on that. I remember him, you know, going to the company party, just splurging on never-ending chicken nuggets, just drinking the Chick-fil-A sauce like it's Coke and just... um. You know, just you know, his blood type was Polynesian that night. And, uh, no, a random, uh, like random story on that. So about that, like that Chick Fil A party. So I posted a party. picture on my Instagram, and I was sh- like, I was like legit, like it was funny. I was, I think I took a picture with a cow, like with a mascot, really. And then like Kyle, uh, met, um, you know, comments on it saying like the CEO of Chick Fil A. <laughs> You know, and so one of my <laughs> one of my followers like messaged like, "Really, you're the CEO?" And I was cracking. <laughs> so you really did my first job. Like, what the hell? <laughs> hey man, first first job to CEO. Unheard of. You can't find it anywhere. That's why America's the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yo, boy, was, uh, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, you go, Bob. No, say, well, speaking of Chick fil A, like, I don't know, since Jake is out here wearing a Roscoe's chicken shirt, <laughs> and, you know, we always talk about canes. How do y'all feel about if Chick fil A came out with, like, chicken tenders? Should they do that? Wait, don't they? They already have they, chicken They strips. got some already. Yeah, they have the strips. strips. They the got strips. Bro, where have you been, dude? Bro, that's, that's like number four have had on the, the menu. I've had the chicken strips. I'm I'm lying. All right, y'all. Okay, no, no. Okay, carry on, everybody. Okay, how about a Chick Fil A? Forget what I just said. What if Chick Fil A hey, made the actual like like a like bucket of chicken like served? <laughs> That'd be should funny. They, I mean, should they do that? 
it'd be if it tastes like their nuggets it'd just be like that's what i'm saying right like a knockoff kfc taste yeah i was gonna say it would would taste Ah, like that's true that's true yeah Yeah, but i mean but i do like chick-fil-a chicken regardless so this man this man didn't even know they had strips (laughs) i eat the i I eat the salad bro dude they've had that daryl brought it to the menu he was like mr Mr. ceo i have a wild idea you know those nuggets that we have just just make them bigger just just giant nuggets and they're like daryl don't you mean chicken strips oh yeah that's what they're called i thought they were just called giant nuggets (laughs) um how how long ago did you work at chick-fil-a like last year i don't know like during like like the last time the youth conference was here what was that like 2013 13 13 yeah right okay yeah 2013 i think so um what were your experiences at chick-fil-a like well i mostly worked in the kitchen so it was like it was all right like honestly like it took me a while to because i i ate like literally i ate chick-fil-a every day (laughs) because i had like an allowance like every time i worked so that was my lunch like i had a free lunch you know what years did you work chick-fil-a from 2011 to 2013 uh something i I didn't work for that long i think i worked just i worked there for just a year probably most of 2013 i was there oh yeah people so if you look at chick-fil-a stock history on 2013 you could see the number line dips low (laughs) to a low point because during that time daryl was maximizing his, his allowance. therefore his chick-fil-a in that area was just losing money there. no it's funny because so i um i was working uh in the kitchen most of the time so like it was funny most of the time i was working um i was working the uh the fries the waffle <laughs> fries right <laughs> shoot and the thing is like for i think most, most restaurants most fast food restaurants they do this i think is that like if the fries have been sitting out for too long, they just toss them out, and I'm like, no, nah, hell no! Nah. Like y'all, y'all, y'all are not about to toss out like some fries. Daryl said, sometimes, not on my watch, not on my watch. Darryl. So sometimes I like um, intentionally like make too many fries just so I can like, <laughs> yo, I'm gonna eat on these. I'm gonna go for it. Wait, did you have to wear an apron in the kitchen? Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, then Daryl, Daryl's co-workers when he come to the next shift, why my apron full of waffle fries? <laughs> Chick-fil-A sauce on the other pockets. Like, Dang, Daryl, you, anytime you end like the show on this podcast, you always got to say it was your pleasure, bro. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, what did you enjoy more, Chick-fil-A or J. Crew? Chick-fil-A. <laughs> I mean, I like the free food, but it sucks working in the kitchen, man. It's like no joke. I mean, I know it was, it, I know it was a fast food joint, so like almost everything was already like prepped. But matter. man, it's no joke. Like especially like closing, like cleaning up the kitchen every night. As much as I liked, like just the atmosphere of Chick Fil A. Um, yeah, even working anywhere in like the um, in the food industry. Yep. Like, respect to them. So, respect I mean, if I had to pick, honestly, it was J. Crew was a much easier job, but but Chick Fil A was. I mean, obviously, again, the the company itself, like they really stick to their like Christian beliefs. So, I mean, I'd go with them. But yeah, no, I feel that because 
Yeah, people don't really understand. Like, you know, if, like anybody in the, the food industry, that's what I always say. You know, in every late night drive through whoever's running that kitchen, they're the MVP because more more likely than not, they're all alone, probably with just yeah. one other person. Yeah. But um, shout out to Daryl, though. He um, used his uh, employee discount to get me some uh, J. Crew shorts back <laughs> in the day. So um, we made sure we, we get we get our worth. <laughs> if you're employed in that um, in that uh, company, we're going to reap the uh, benefits of it. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's how that's like how we always got free pops when uh Jeremiah worked at Steel City. Shout out Steel gotta City Pops. It. Yeah, shout out Steel City. Our our other unofficial sponsor, Steel City Pops in Dallas, Texas. Um so yes, moving along, as we said, I think we can do a non-spoiler. Maybe we can all kind of give like a little bit of our thoughts and maybe a pitch for why people who have never seen Ozark or maybe started it, didn't get to finish it why they should continue or start watching the show who would like to start i think we should start with daryl since he's the one that uh discovered it or at least watched it before all of us and how long ago did you watch it well i finished season three like last year pre-covid so it's been a while it has been a while so we're really late pre-covid yeah i'm pretty sure we're actually very late yeah (laughs) but um I guess I'll start. So we're doing non-spoilers, like non-spoilers for right now, and then we'll go to spoilers after. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I guess overall, I mean, I I I thought the show like, I think it's 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 very uh family centric. <laughs> um, I think it's uh it, it's interesting because like I, I I it's hard to do it without like spoilers, but I mean, you see a family like basically on the brink of like you know like a a marriage pretty much on the brink of separation and then all of a sudden like you know this this act to uh to save his family to kind of like pretty much save the main character's like boring life like he wanted to have this side hustle to kind of like have some excitement in his life and in the end, it kind of like brought all of them together, like more so out of necessity, because if they didn't, like they'd all die pretty much, you know? So like, it's interesting that that's how, it, like, that's how they became like a family that works together. Obviously they still had like their disagreements and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's, it, it's really, I, I really enjoyed it. Obviously, like, I mean, I told you guys from our, um, our episode like a few a few episodes ago kind of thing um but yeah i mean i think it's just and for the most part i think they're um all the all the actors and actresses they're all like not very well known like other than um jason bateman <laughs> jason Sudeikis. um yeah so it's it's i mean they're all like pretty like Un, um, unknown actors and actresses so i think it's it seems like a like a low budget like show but i mean all the actors and actresses were like pretty phenomenal in terms of you know like this is probably all their all of their like biggest hit kind of thing you know that's put, gonna put them on the map so i don't know that's all I got, that's all i really got to say about non-spoilers <laughs> yeah <clears throat> no i mean i would personally y'all mentioned like sudeikis and ed helms 
I would first like to apologize to my man, Jason Bateman. For, for I second the, that as well. Yeah, for the disrespect, you know, I, 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 was, I always held back on watching Ozarks despite all my friends and even Netflix telling me to go watch it because I always thought Jason Bateman was Sadeke <laughs> or Ed Helms. And I was like, there's no way I can watch these guys on this serious-ass show in Ozarks. Um, but, no, so I apologies to Mr. Bateman. And I don't even know. I love Bateman and, and um, Game Night. But maybe I just I was jealous that he had um, McAdams. And so, <laughs> but, you know, like what Daryl was saying, like the, the show, I, I wasn't thinking about it. It really does seem like a low-budget show for what they do. But I one of my favorite things about it that kind of like um, – like hooked me or kept me like wanting to watch it consistently was the, the the character development. Not only you would think it would be like really focused on Bateman, but they did a really good job in developing all the the surrounding cast. Um, I mean, I mean, we'll probably talk about it later, but obviously, like you know, these the they were supporting cast, but you could you could say that a lot of them just carry their own weight too, you know. And so character development in the show was was pretty good. And um, you know, it just it just kept you like on the edge of wanting to know like where, where it was gonna go because it was you know, it's high suspense, I think, because you don't know if they're gonna you know, I guess make it or not, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. Before we get to Kyle, um I agree too about the, the character stuff. This is just what I'll say is that um, you know, definitely the show is main character is marty bird right um he's the one that kind of drives everything everything kind of like branches off from all the stuff that he's doing but definitely like you know season one i would say that was kind of like the the season where ruth langmore gets her come up i'd say season two is kind of like where wendy bird you know earned her keep um as you know a main player as somebody that can actually like do deals and stuff like that and then i was trying to figure out like season three who kind of had to come up but like i guess um i noticed that uh charlotte and jonah both became like even more serious players and like you can tell that they like i believe season three is where jonah um does some his some of his own financial stuff i think it starts at the end of season two but um he's also kind of like figuring some things out on his own um but it's just interesting interesting to see that like there even though the main character is marty bird jason bateman's character um like like pal said a lot of people are carrying their weight and it's not just like jason bateman's the only guy that's you know good at acting and his character is the only good character in the show there's there's a lot of uh, i think balance to um to the show compared to you know different shows kind of reminiscent to how like a game of thrones you cared about every character and i think kyle will mention this right after me is that um they didn't have like a huge huge cast you know it's still like a relatively small amount of like main players um but i think regardless they did a pretty good job of uh making me care even about people that are only there for like three episodes are you a family-centered person well this show is for you are you a person who values um, camaraderie, um, hustle, effort, loyalty, and respect? <laughs> loyalty and uh, traditions. <laughs> then this show's for you. Are you uh, a person who, 
you know, consume a lot of content regarding um, the FBI, federal agents, DEA, any of the violence of some sort, the show for you. If you could name five different types of guns, the show is for you. If you like money, business, and how to invest in things, the show is for you. You want to learn how to be a hitman? The show is for you. <laughs> you want to learn how to build um, networking skills? The show is for you. You want to learn how dirty politics is? The show is for you. You want to know how much um, drugs just affect certain economies and environments? The show is for you. So, I mean, for me, it's just... Uh, you know, it's it's in my it's in my alley. It's in my neighborhood. These are, <laughs> these are all the things I consume. Um, if I am not um, consuming sports, I am consuming uh, content that requires playing the game, whether what, what whatever that type of game is. And um, and Ozark, like they're all players. They're all part of the game. Uh, every single character from you know, the main family from the birds to, um, you know, Helen, the lawyer, to the Navarro people, to the politicians, to the casino owners, for the small business owners, for just everybody in that town who, you know, participated in something besides their, you know, you know, family lives, then it's something that's relatable. I think um, we can start. We can start calling Kyle Triple H now because he likes to play the game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like watching the game. <laughs> I like seeing the game unfold. There you go. Yes. So that that was our non-spoiler pitch for you guys. Why you should watch? And yeah, if if you are listening and you've not <clears throat> watched Ozark at all, like I, I do, highly suggest it. I mean, especially if you enjoyed those those types of shows that have like, you know, cartel drug war type stuff and, you know, like the middleman and stuff like that. Like it's it's just a very interesting um, take. And especially because like you we've never really seen we've seen types of shows like this, but like where it's set, you know, in the Ozarks, the type of people that they're dealing with is is very different from like a like a Narcos or a Breaking Bad type. Um, and so I think that's also what makes this show very unique is that um you know, it's for lack of a better term, you know, you're dealing with a lot of hillbillies and rednecks, as they say in the in the show. So it's um, mixing that type of culture with uh, money laundering and, and stuff with the cartels is just very unique, in my opinion. And so, yes. Um, so do you guys want to kind of break it down season by season or do you just want to do like. Thoughts. Overall uh, I, thoughts? No, we should probably do season recaps and then the thoughts okay yeah maybe like favorite characters favorite moments things right. like that most okay, cool. shocking moments things like that okay cool um so season one i guess when i was watching it uh there's definitely that you know we're just kind of seeing marty's boring life right we see him interact with uh his his coat the co-owner of um the business that he runs we see him interact with his family and stuff and then uh you know you you see all the kind of like his imagination where like he could be cheating on Wendy. Um, but he's, you know, it's like all, all like made up in his mind. And then 
after about like that 10, 12 minute period, all of a sudden, you know, he gets the call and he has to go into that warehouse. And then we're introduced to Dell, who is basically the, uh, the main point of contact for the Navarro cartel in Chicago. He's the guy that, um, you know, gets like, make sure everything in, in the U S is, is going the way it's supposed to. And, um, all his friends die. And then he, um, I, I believe, how did he get that pamphlet of the Ozarks before? So Bruce was showing from his him. friend, right? I thought yeah. it was from his friend. Yeah. From his partner, Bruce. Okay. So like it was he was Bruce. showing him that they got to conquer like that side, you know, cause it's as long as the California gold coast or something. Right. Yeah. And that, that was, yeah, that was one of the, the pictures. So it's interesting that he uses that pitch of his friend who literally died right before, <laughs> yeah. before that, that scene. Um, and then he, he strikes a deal with Dell and Navarro goes for it, moves his family to the Ozarks. They uh, have to, I believe, clean, was it eight, how much? Eight million dollars. Eight million in a very short amount of time. But the problem is the money was already cleaned. Yeah. And so they have to reclean it. And so um, he just starts investing in, in a couple businesses, starts with the Blue Cat, which is kind of like a, a bar and restaurant right on the on the river and then i believe he goes next to the strip club i always forget the name of it what's the name of the strip club the sticky any something the sticky always, or something yeah i always i always forget um but uh he he stages the ploy with uh i guess even before that he actually loses the money when they first get there because ruth langmore who is one of the most important characters we find out later, steals it from him and he has to get it back from them, strikes a deal with Ruth that she can work for him. And then he, he basically just starts oh. buying up properties. And um, I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to do a recap of like these yeah. things because there's so much that goes into it. But yeah. I guess the long and the short of it is he's buying up all these properties. Um, there are different people kind of in his way. We have Ruth who's um, plotting to kill him and take his money along with her, her uncles. Um, we have the uh, Jacob and Darlene who the own Snells. Yeah. the Snells. Yeah. They um, <clears throat> were basically the, the drug, the drug uh, kingpins of the Ozarks before Marty had even gotten there because um, they're, they're moving their own product. Um, who else ends up in, and then of course the FBI has been tracking him this whole time. Agent um, Petty. Dating, yeah, Agent Petty, um, dating Agent back to Evans when, and Evans. Yeah, dating back to when he was in Chicago because they always had. And I believe his friend Bruce was a CI for them, which is how like yeah. why he's still on their radar. Um, also, it's crazy because before they even move, Marty finds out that Wendy. You know, how I mentioned that like Marty in his mind kind of fantasizes about you know having a more um, I guess interesting life and part of that like had to do with like him cheating on his wife and then it he finds out before they move that she had been sleeping with a lawyer i think her lawyer for like months and months and months and um he actually spares her life because dell was gonna kill her and then instead he kills the the lawyer um and so you know there's also the 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 tension between marty and wendy of their marriage because they were basically as i believe daryl said on the brink of getting divorced basically and their family being torn apart also you have their their two teenage kids who 
well, I guess Charlotte really loved her life in Chicago. She had lots of friends. Jonah was kind of like a, a loner, kind of, you know, kept himself. Um, they're, they're also feeling the effects of, of being there. Um, but this whole time, it's just, I mean, I, the recurring theme is, um, you know, Marty having to pull something out of his ass um, to keep the game going along, as, as Kyle said, to make sure that, you know, him and his family don't get killed. He has to keep coming up with, with something more, um, especially new ways that they can invest money for the cartel that's legal um, to keep the Navarro or Navarro, who's the leader of the cartel, happy. And um, that's the recurring theme. And it, it starts from, you know, just buying up properties all the way to having the idea of making a casino, which we'll get to in season two. But it's basically, it's, you know, it's, it's always building. You got to go bigger. You got to go bigger. And there are times where Marty is, you know, has to kind of pull out of his ass. There are times where he's a little hesitant. I think we see that more in season two. And it, it's got to be somebody like Wendy who um, kind of, you know, starts making deals of her own. Um, that that moves the game along as well and so it's just very interesting to see you know the different players who's in you know the people that are in marty's way the people that are like allies and then the people who are like i'd say like frenemies like the snells are like friends but also enemies at the same time it's uh very interesting um so that's kind of like the long and the short of it i'm sure there's a lot more we can talk about um but for you guys what what were kind of like the the main takeaways from season one like maybe like the the big moments for you guys. I mean, I think it was just really, I mean, the show kind of kicked off as like, it, you know, they didn't waste any time to start yeah. it. Like it, it, it automatically like jumps into the story of them working with a cartel and like laundering money and like moving out to the Ozarks ASAP. And so I think for me, season one was kind of like just feeling it out and like I was on edge the whole time because you didn't know who Marty could trust when he moved into the, um, when he was running, when he was starting his businesses and, you know, getting the Ozarks when they were, when they got into the Ozarks, it's like, can he trust the Langmores? Can he trust even that, that girl? Oh, I forget. What's her name? Rachel. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then, you, and then you had like agent Petty and agent Evans in the background playing, you know their their roles and so season wasn't once was a little stressful because i think we were still getting to know who like who were the allies and who were not um but you know the introducing the snells midway into that season was was kind of was big because you 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 thought that all marty had to worry about was the cartel and then they bring in this Mm -hmm. big player within the snells and then they just start rolling with with just the dynamics between the Snells and the cartel and everything else. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of like start stop. It's like once Marty was gaining momentum and mm-hmm. things looked like it was just going to be, you know, flowing in naturally, then, you know, stuff with the Langmores happened. Um, you know, we, we at, at one point we thought Ruth was going to kill, <laughs> like she could have killed Marty if it wasn't for Agent Petty um you know fixing the rigged uh the rigged dock and then of course you said like the langmores and then within the langmores we have a uh, pastor mason who is uh he definitely is also kind of like you know especially the part where uh, he he adds the cross when they're building the church and that pisses off the 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 snells more because they need him to be on the river and stuff like that um there's definitely a lot of start stop and it was like just there's always something 
There's a lot in of his way. Parts. Yeah. And it's and it's not anything that was necessarily I guess besides Ruth and the Langmores um and Agent Petty, you know, like these things were kind of like um indirect obstacles from the beginning. Um, but then once everybody finds out who Marty truly is and what he's doing, then they actually become more of a direct threat. Um, especially we'll see with Mason in season two. Um, Kyle, Daryl, you guys got stuff? Daryl, you go. Yeah, um, I guess um, you kind of touched on this. Uh, I thought what was really interesting was with um, pretty much their buildup of Marty. Pretty much in the beginning, like you said, like he was pretty much they, what they were doing was they were kind of painting this picture of him like living this like boring life and then like kind of him thinking like man I can do so much like I can I'm so smart like I know like so much or like I like you know how he was kind of just like quiet the entire time like even during while like they were at dinner and like you know the kids were like fighting or like Charlie was getting mad whatever mm-hmm. like he was just kind of keeping to himself because he's just like man, really, this is the life that I'm living right now. And, like, he's probably thinking in his head, like, like you guys don't even know that I'm working with the cartels, you know? Like, I'm laundering money for the cartels. And then all of a sudden, like you said, like, in the blink of an eye, like, like, shit changed. Like, you know, like, shoot, like, I really got to, like, haul ass and, like, move money and, like, you know, literally move my life to to the Ozarks where I've never been, blah, 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 kind of thing like that, you know? And um, I thought that was like, just like, I mean, even just him, like when his first meeting with, when they showed, I think, um, I think they showed this, his first meeting with, with Dell, right. He yeah. kind of just, uh, Dell was kind of like testing him, see like who, uh, you know, like, what can you really do? Can you really find like, you know, the, the mistake here like you know where where was the money here kind of thing like that mm-hmm, and just, mm-hmm. just him from the from the uh off the bat like he was just like no i'm not gonna do it because you know like he he knew what was happening kind of thing you know but like just him even enter i think the fact that like he entertained it was like he's like this is the excitement that i've been looking for kind of thing you know i thought that was really interesting and then another uh aspect of the show that or at least season one was um the Langmores because from the get-go like the Langmores were kind of like um billed as like as the villains of the of yeah. the first season yeah. you know especially Ruth because you can from just off the bat like she you knew like even though like because I thought I I mean I was like how old is this girl kind of thing I thought she was like in high school um she's 19 I thought she was in high school but she was like taking care of like uh her cousins right like um but she was like she was she was the kingpin of that family you know like and from all season you're just like how can we trust her like is she is she really like um trying to help marty or is she really or is she gonna like turn on him like any second kind of thing you know but she kind of like proved herself by um you know by just taking over um taking over i believe that she took over the she started running the strip club kind of thing like that and marty really had no choice but to trust her you know because he had no one he had he needed some help you know and and i mean like it's it's interesting because i know i'm kind of jumping seasons but like it's it's interesting because in season three the end of it you kind of feel like the birds are the bad guys are the antagonist and like 
Ruth and like Wyatt and like maybe even Darlene, who is also viewed as the antagonist in season one. It's kind of you might even think they might be the the good guys now, you know. So um, so yeah, it was. I mean, like like Pi was Pi was saying, like you know the the character development from just from the very beginning, like it was it's like phenomenal, just because it's like. Again, with the Snells, you hated them. And like the Langmores, you probably were like, you, who, who the hell are these guys? They're probably not even main characters or like trailer trash, you know, whatever. Um, and they ended up being like, you know, a key component of the show. So yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty much what I got from season one. Just um, like the buildup of the characters of, of Marty and everything. And um, we'll get introduced more with Wendy. Marty pretty much is the main guy like, season i would think in season one wendy kind of takes over in like season two and yeah i would agree something like that so yeah i'll let kyle kyle go real quick yeah season one was basically from the get-go uh marty is introduced yeah as a regular financial advisor and um at first you see you just think that he's watching some uh not safe for work video and uh, Bruce even calls him right. out on that. Yeah. You know, he's like, Hey, you're, you have customers and you're watching this and that. But obviously we later on uh, find, we find out that that video is actually um, his wife and her uh, lover. And it was from his private investigator that he hired because I guess mm-hmm. he's had suspicious. Um, but then uh, yeah, the ball gets rolling with Adele visiting unexpectedly and obviously you know from the get-go that marty didn't know whatever whatever fishy subject was going on um in the beginning uh, you knew that marty was innocent because you know you just viewed him as a clean professional guy and a guy that makes no mistakes and an honest guy but obviously all the people that he was working with like his partner and you know who um the people that they were in business with they started stealing from the cartel and that was just um it was funny because marty called it from the beginning Mm -hmm. that it was a a bluff but um ultimately dell uh the cartel representative he, he was able to you know, get what what he got. And he was basically going to finish everybody. But then Marty, being the smart guy that he is, um, figures out the way. And he uh, uses that pitch that Bruce gave to him about moving to the Ozarks. So now Marty has to clear the $8, um, the, the $8 million um, in the Ozarks. So he starts investing in certain things, like what y'all said, the... Um, um, What's it? The blue cat and then the lickety splits. There you and, go, lickety splits. Um, and alongside uh, in the lickety splits, you already knew that Bobby Dean, the owner, was part of some sketchy business because he knew that Marty was laundering money. And obviously, Marty was going to keep that, you know, discreet and he, he wasn't part of it. But, anyways, uh, he ended up uh, getting, Marty basically ended up getting all the businesses that he uh, set forth. But you can just see, um, like, start seeing a theme building up that whoever gets involved with the birds, that something happens to them. You know, something uh, they either self-destruct or get killed. And that just shows with the, you know, lickety splits with Bobby Dean. Like, he was, um, you know, his story was basically the entrance to introducing the snails. And and this whole time, Marty is just basically just trying to clear the money, but he keeps unfolding all these mysteries. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, 
because at first uh you know you can just tell that marty is you know he knows how good he is and he knows what uh, money does the power of money um and you could kind of just see that theme because of that first interaction with sheriff Nix when he, they told sheriff Nix that hey can you just lower the charge for my kids since we are taxpayers you know for this you know part of town and things like that but it seemed like whatever business um the birds get into just something sketchy does happen so uh marty tries to just he's just always trying to solve things in season one so he's got you know everything cleared the money's cleared uh he's getting businesses but then he meets the snell and now he realizes that he's um messing with somebody's operation and then he meets mason because he's trying to allocate more money into the church then he realizes that um you know mason uh you know he can't do that because uh mason is preaching in the water and the snails need that for distribution so he's like constantly trying to just fix multiple things on top of multiple things on top of obviously you know protecting his life protecting his family from the fbi and for whoever is trying to get him and his money such as like ruth and the other langmores because you know russ and uh what was the other guys russ then was their co- the other dude's name dang i forgot what oh i it? forgot yeah, Russ's brother. Oh, His brother, shit. yeah. Yeah, um, you know, they were so like adamant about getting the the mo- the money from uh you know, from Marty, but you can kind of tell, you know, alongside um, you know, besides Marty, you recognize like other players in the game like what y'all said with Ruth that uh, you know, you can tell that either she was in it for the money, but you can tell that she wanted to learn uh mm-hmm. like she wanted to learn things from the game itself because she she saw like the bigger picture that hey you know you can't get quick money but you know working in this game like you can move on up and you can tell that she was like she basically started as a pawn then like ended up being like a general and so um you know that was all in season one and uh basically from you know with with uh you know marty basically you know almost solving everything in season one that basically you know with you know amending ties between the snails you know he basically fit killed two birds with one stone you know with setting up the deal between the snails and the cartel you know with basically the distribution and you know it benefits both sides and when everything was set and done you just knew that once the you know the words redneck were uttered you know it was a rap because that was the same you know a Darlene called Bobby Dean a redneck. She was like, Jacob, you know, Jacob did. Oh, uh, Jacob did. She, uh, she, he was like, you know, never send a redneck to do like a hillbilly's job mm-hmm. or yeah. something like that. And so you just knew. And then obviously, and it ended with a bang. And uh, yeah, season one, basically, it's like, you know, Marty solved his, you know, cartel problems. He bought, you know, his, his family some time. And then a whole new world just opened up. And you know you're in season two, trying to see what's happening. Mm-hmm. I think with, with season one, there was definitely that pattern of like Marty finds a way, he finds a solution to fix his laundering money issues. But every time he finds that solution, always something always came up, and it's like, all right, all right. well, I guess moving on, um, real quick, we could just uh, before we go to season two, just say. Uh, probably the top three most memorable moments of season one 
and then uh who were your top three favorite characters i'll start memorable moments for me um i mean the first one will always be and uh what will be a recurring theme throughout the next couple seasons is darlene is one who she acts off of instinct and emotion she's um very irrational and it just takes one word um as we saw in the case of dell so definitely um i'd say the the first and last killings of the first season were uh, two of the most memorable so dell getting killed because i mean like i said dell is navarro's you know right hand man in the u.s and um, when he gets killed the the immediate thought i'm thinking is like oh shit like who's coming after dell because you know as uh um even though he was like the number one guy there was always that mystery of you know is there someone even stronger than dell that navarro can kind of deploy to to send to the ozarks um, but then also, yeah, that, that first round of killings, um, when Dell is killing all, basically all of, uh, Marty's partners, like that first one where, uh, I think Bruce's, uh, fiance goes into the bathroom and then he just like, just starts shooting through the door and then you hear her gasping for air and then he takes one more shot and then you hear like a, her fall. And then, uh, the father and the son where the father's pleading, he's like, no, sir, like, I don't want to see my dad, my son die. So then his partner from across shoots the dad and then Dell shoots the son and then Bruce dies. So I think that was a very memorable one. And then uh, the third most memorable one for me is involving another death was when Bobby Dean died because um, I, I did find the two long monologues of the season that came from two villains. The first one from Dell when he's, um, you know, basically uh, setting up his bluff and he's saying that story about, um, the uh the woman at the store that worked for his dad that would steal money um that long monologue which you know actually is a recurring thing whenever he has conversations with with marty later on and then also jacob's monologue right before bobby dean dies basically telling bobby dean he's about to die right he's about to get stomped on and then but like just the way that it happened where um where Darlene was like, I'm going to get you more lemonade. Right. And then she like, just shoots him up with like a crazy amount of heroin. It's so funny because when Mason uh, visits them, I believe in season one, um, there's a, there's a moment where Darlene's like, Oh, maybe I should get Mason some lemonade. uh, Because she was like, just Mm -hmm. again, irrationally thinking Mm -hmm. like, all right, um, Mason knows because Marty told, told um him about what we do so you know maybe our best thing is to get rid of him and jacob has to be the one to talk her down to not get the lemonade um which is code for you know like don't kill this man type thing so i thought those were uh the three big ones for me uh dell's death the first kind of killings at the beginning and then uh i just really enjoyed jacob's monologue and then uh bobby dean just the shock factor of of that yeah, it would have to be uh, Marty just for the sake of him being the the main player and having to move things along. And like you guys said, he found a way to find a solution. Now, it's interesting that every time he found a solution, it would kind of tear at the foundation of the town that they're in. And that's something that like Rachel would say often in season one and two is that like, you know, like you should have never come here. You're just making things worse for me and for the town. I always thought that was very interesting, but I would say he is the MVP just because, I mean, this man is at least in season one, 
and I mean, you could argue season two and three as well, but like without a doubt, he's the smartest guy in the game right now because he has the most experience. And so he's the one doing the deals. He's making things happen. He's my MVP. Most improved has got to be Ruth Langmore. Um, and she could also be the MVP for some people, but most improved for sure, because, you know, she started at, um, you know, working at the, the motel being like the, the housekeeping for the motel all the way to um, at the end being the owner or not the owner, but running the show at the Lickily splits. I think that's a, um, a, a huge jump for her. And she continues. It's crazy because we, she continues to level up each season. And then my least favorite character has got to go to agent Petty. Um, I mentioned in our group chat, like rarely will you see a federal agent portrayed as a good character as someone you can root for because I mean it kind of shows that like you know maybe there's I don't even want to really like get into conspiracies but it's just interesting that like um he goes along with basically every other federal agent you've seen in almost every show like this dude just absolutely sucks and like not only is he bad at his he's like not really good at his job every time he tries to come up with like a new plan He's always getting foiled by by either by Marty or, you know, like one of his CIs dying or something like that. So this man is just he's he's also very irrational um, on a very different spectrum from what Darlene is like. But he's just very emotional. And it just seems like and you can tell that, like, you know, when they go to that episode of, um, you know, him wanting to to prove himself to his dad, I believe um, that's always like him, like he's always trying to prove himself but he's like forcing it so hard that he ends up just uh kind of sabotaging himself so this not only is this man like have like barely any redeeming qualities he's just like bad at his job so i'd say that agent petty is definitely my least favorite character in season one um so like i said mvp is marty most improved is is ruth langmore and my least favorite was uh agent petty um i guess for me like man damn top three um you kind of went with <laughs> with a lot of them already. Um, I mean, definitely uh, Dell's um, getting shot. I mean, that one was kind of like like a a holy shit moment, you know. Um, and just to kind of again, like you said, like to kind of just show like how much of a wild card um, Darlene is, you know, just because you just never know how she's gonna react to something, you know, and just you can even see like just like her eyes like man this woman's crazy like you know what i mean like she's she's willing to do anything um and i mean i gotta say like i think um kyle mentioned this earlier but if i might be mistaken but when they first showed that marty marty in his office and he was watching that video of 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 his wife mm-hmm. right I don't think they showed that that was his wife, right? That, yeah, it's out of context, yeah. Yeah, so it was like, it just looked like he was just like watching porn, right? Like mm-hmm. it was just him watching porn at work. But then when they showed that, like when they revealed that, it was like his wife getting like, you know, getting banged by like, by her lawyer, who's like probably the same age as her dad, you know, kind of thing that yeah, I think that yeah. kind of like, was just like, mm-hmm. holy shit, like what the hell's going on with this? Family? That's interesting kind of too. Cause not only did he watch it in his office, but even later that night at the house. Yeah. Well, right, when right. he's watching TV and we still didn't know. 
Right, exactly. Like, and like while Wendy was in the room, was, was like right next to him, yeah. wasn't he? Or wasn't yeah. she? She was right, like on the so, couch next to him, yeah. Right. So it was just like, so you thought the entire time, like obviously, like oh, their marriage is kind of like rocky right now. So mm-hmm. you know, you, you we just didn't um, find out till later in the season, or was it later in the episode? Like, but later in the season, that mm-hmm. it was like, you know, like it was he was just watching Wendy, and like the fact that he was constantly watching it, and he was watching it while she was right next to him. I thought I was just like, damn, that's like fucked up, yeah, you know? Dark. Um, that's probably, if anything, that that probably sticks out the most, just because like, the that's where they were, you know, that's where they were, yeah. uh, like her, him and Wendy, like that's like he was ready, like you said, like, um, he felt like he could be doing so much, you know, so much more that, or, that like this is this is where they ended up, you know, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like wow moments kind of thing. But if I had to pick an MVP, like you said, probably Marty, just because. You know, he's the main guy. Like, you know, he's the the main character, at least so far in season one, he's the main character. Um probably uh most improved. Um, I mean it's how do you not go with Ruth? Like, um, so I, I'll I'll just I'll just say the same as you. And then probably most annoying. Is that was that, was that it? Like, yeah, least favorite, annoying, yeah. Least favorite was I'd probably go with a with with his friend Bruce, just because it's like, come on, dude! Like you're you're working with the FBI and like you're still trying to steal yeah. money from the cartels. It's like, I know. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, now that you bring it up, yeah, he was working both sides. Yeah, so it's like, uh. how can you like? And then the fact that like you kind of fell for for the trap for 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 yeah. you to kind yeah, of say yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, I've been taking money, kind of thing, you know, blah blah blah. So I don't know. That that's probably who I have to go with for my picks. And it's it's crazy to see because, again, in that flashback episode that they put in the middle of the season, Bruce saw what happens when you cross the cartel and steal yeah. money because the guy they replaced was murdered right in front of them. So it's like, why would you even think? And I think that's also part of what makes Marty like innocent and smart is the fact that he it never crossed his mind because he saw what happens. Yeah, when you when you mess up and get caught. So it's just yeah, that's a good pick for for least favorite because. He wasn't there much, but at the same time, yeah. he, he made some of the worst mistakes you could. He's the reason make. they're in this situation. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, yeah, for, for sure, sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, shocking moments, honestly. I mean, obviously, the, the biggest one was Dell dying. And I mean, we all said it, but I was like, <laughs> literally, when he said redneck, you're like, it's done. It's yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but it was still, it was definitely still shocking. Um, the other one for me was when when they killed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, throw, they throw first, off the balcony. Yeah, yeah well, the- well, first I was like, I was I was concerned or I was wanting to see what Marty was gonna do if he went up there. He was yeah, yeah. confront this man and have them kill him like in front of her. But he they ended up just like killing him. Like he fell. You're like, oh my goodness. So that was shocking. And just yeah. he, he just turns back around. Yeah, he, he, he he's away. like he's, he's on like, the yeah. sidewalk and he just goes back into his car. <laughs> yeah. And um the other one was uh when Ruth killed her oh yeah her family, Russ. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other guy. So that was kind of shot just because you thought she was full blown like bad guy almost because she wanted mm-hmm. she really wanted to kill Marty. And then so I was surprised she killed her own kin. 
which obviously yeah. makes her most improved for me because like everyone else just because you know you thought one she was she was trying to she first she stole from him and then she worked with him and then she's trying to kill him and then now she saved him from getting killed yeah, so yeah. can't can't disagree with her again being uh, most improved and then um marty of course the mvp and just because you know i think obviously he was he was playing the game but his main concern was really just to protect his family and to get his family out. Obviously, like surface level, we see him his his main focus and priority is laundering the money and making sure like he gets to get to clean the money. But his intentions are just to save his family and to get him out. Like that's that's always in his in his head. It was never to to evolve like as you see in the in the future. But um, but you know he was a family man, so he's an MVP. And for me, most least, I didn't really like the other Langmores except three. <laughs> three um, is the goat. Yeah, I didn't. Like, yeah, like why he, he's kind of the others, you know, and especially the dad. Like I'm, I'm not a, a really big fan, but I would say that that Langmore family except Ruth and three, and Charlotte was kind of annoying in season one too. She so. was. I yeah, hate Charlotte, yeah. bro. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting though that you bring up because um, we talk about how like family. Is, is such an important thing i think it's always easy to to focus on the birds but then you also remember like family is huge for the langmores of course you know and and even um even the snells because you know darlene you know if you work for her your family if you know you know later on like she brings up to jacob she's like i want a son you know like i i want to be able to pass this on to somebody in the same way that our ancestors passed on you know the poppy farm to us so it's definitely a, another big thing of like it's it's not just it's family for everybody and and being part of the family is a, a big thing and of course the navarros too but we'll we would see that later kyle who what are, what are your big three moments and your your top characters i don't even know the other two but for sure the number one moment that made me say holy sh was when uh was when uh sam's mom Sam's mom. Oh yeah, yo, Sam's mom. Sam's mom just roasting the snot out of Sam, just like looking back, blah blah blah. You know, you know, you wish you never blah blah. And then next thing you know, I just knew, like she walking into the street backwards. I was Mm -hmm. like, so Mm -hmm. there's something coming. And next thing you know, and she just she just gets run over, just straight up like. And Sam's just like. He's just it's funny because like, like when when you see it happening you're like okay she's gonna get hit by a car right but you don't really he never thought it was gonna be a huge ass garbage truck yeah just ex- she explodes yeah. yeah she just turns into dust so after, like that was probably what two episodes before the finale maybe yeah but so. um that, that one got me big time because <laughs> you just know um and then uh, I guess yeah. I'll put Dell's. Uh, I I'll, I'll put Dell's death there, um, because obviously you know the shot and then you know what what follows and then the scene too that follows after Dell shoots because Marty's just spazzing out and you just see from Marty's point of view that uh you know he had everything figured out and then Darlene just wasted it within seconds and uh 
and then you know obviously ash uh you know he supports darlene and yeah. then he was like yeah we, we he was disrespecting you in your home but then later <laughs> on when they were talking darlene was like maybe i did overreact <laughs> yeah and it's just funny because like jacob's reaction to everyone's shocked uh, but then jacob like isn't surprised no when she, she was like him. god darn it yeah darlene. he's like she did it again <laughs> type thing yeah um uh yeah but definitely um as far as shocking uh, uh dell's death was um the last scene of that season was definitely more um like heart racing for me because of everything that was foreshadowed beforehand. So in season one, um, obviously uh, with Mason, Mason, I mean, I get it. If you're, oh, yeah. um, see, it's like, oh, I would, I, I, I would put Mason in my most annoying because you know, the dude, <laughs> the dude was annoying. Mason was super annoying. Like, was dude, annoying yeah. If you just closed your eyes and just mind your own business, bro, like you would be <laughs> living your life. But obviously, uh, you know, Mason has a, a pure heart unlike I do, and he doesn't want his conscience uh, messed up because basically once Mason found out that, you know, he, he they were using his, you know, church as a means of distribu distributing drugs, he couldn't look at his... Um, his uh his flock anymore he every time he looked in his congregation he just saw the baggy eyes you know mm -hmm, the uh, the mm -hmm. scratching and the sniffing and so he was really torn and um as you can tell you know towards the end of the season when uh there's so much suspense just regarding mason's life at the end of season one because you know he comes home you know after that uh a couple of days after that meeting with the Snells thinking everything's all Gucci. And then out of nowhere, you just hear like a baby cry. And then, uh, and, and you just knew it was going to happen. It was, there was like some, some moments too, that was so scary in season one, even prior to uh, Mason's wife, you know, it wasn't shown, but you know, she was cut open. Uh, but there was that one time where uh, after the cross was put up, uh, Marty rushed to Mason's house real quick, and then he saw the Snells coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just scared the whole time. Darlene was next to a uh, Grace, Mason's wife, mm -hmm. and she touching was, her belly. Yeah, just asking how far along is she, and I, that just gave me suspense. And then obviously, you know, after Grace uh, passed, and Mason is just saying that you know how could he erase this baby? So the last craziest moment of season one for me was Zeke's baptism. The, yeah. the whole, the whole, um, the whole premise yeah. of that scene was just heart racing because you know Mason's driving out of nowhere and then he parks in the middle of the woods and he's just taking the cars or the uh, the uh, what do you call it the carriage? What do you call it the crib? What do you call it car, car seat? Car seat, yeah, yeah. But but if it's out out of the car seat what what is it called it's like a carrier yeah carrier but yeah. when he was just bringing it you know i was like oh my gosh what's mason gonna do like, <laughs> yeah he just like the suspense and then you know he goes to the water and you're like oh my gosh is he is he about to do what i think he's about to do so mason you know brings his baby into the lake into the water and he you know he just looks and he just straight up just dips it like dips it like you know like uh you know not when you dip an oreo into a glass of milk not that length this man just straight up like 
soaking, like, you know, straight up just soaking his baby. So, you know, with Mason, just he held his baby underneath the water and you're like, oh my gosh, like when is he going to lift it up? And I was like, and the scene just kept getting longer and longer. And then it's just closing up on Mason. And I was like, this guy is savage. Like, I can't believe he's going to kill his son, like right there. And then last minute at the buzzer, he lifts it up. So, so in, in one scene, it was like literally two, two holy moments within, you know, that 40 seconds. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, Mason killed him. And then he lifts him up and it's like, oh my gosh, it's a baptism. And so, uh, no, that, that was definitely a banger. Cause I, I really thought it was the end of Zeke and, um, uh so yeah but mvp uh obviously it's gonna be with marty because he for me i just know that uh you know within season one that he has uh you know he has his flaws but the one thing uh he really does care for is truly his family and when everything fell like when everything was gonna you know you know crumble like the last thing he wanted to do was save his family and uh, you can't really go wrong with that and and the whole time it just see i don't even know if marty it seems like it's so stressful but at the same time i'm like i think marty thrives in and like trying to find the hustle and like investing in things and like trying to like solve things and figure out a way and i don't know it just kind of like you just see him just basically just like typical like you know traditional father just always working like he does care for his family but since he's so um he's literally focused on trying to save their lives that he can't pay attention to like he can't emotionally be present to his family even though he's doing everything so he's like i i feel for mari because he's in this tough place because obviously there's times where I did feel bad for Wendy because she really did need some emotional support from Marty. And you can tell why she did end up having the affair and all that because she knows she was just being neglected. And even in, in season one, you just, um, just show how bad the birds like between Wendy and Marty, how bad it really is when, uh, you see that Wendy calls her lover's phone who was already dead. Dead. Just yeah. so just so mm-hmm. she could express what's going on in their lives because she literally said she has nobody else to talk to. And I guess that just paints a picture on the couple dynamics in season one. But regardless of the you know, you know, the lack of emotional support to his family, I think Marty did the best he could do and it really was for his family. Um and then i mean i would also i really just like the way uh i really like jacob snell like i don't know what category he would be in but i just really like the values i guess like you know him and dell too you could just tell that um they're both men of of values and like tradition and they have even though they're like stone cold killers they still follow uh some sort of code to follow and so, um, um, most improved thing. I don't even know. Uh, most improved. I'll just put Jonah there just cause you know, he was, he was a little odd 
and then you're you're a little see with jonah you were kind of scared because you're like what's he doing with you know the dead animal things yeah, yeah, yeah. and then low-key towards the end of the season he starts like learning about the game money laundering and then you just realize oh he's just like he's a little off but he's really just a curious and smart curious. kid. yeah yeah and so um yeah i really like that and then obviously uh most hated is petty it's like with petty i mean i guess you could say charlotte but charlotte's more understandable why she wanted to separate from her family because it really was a toxic environment but i'm like like charlotte dude like you suck like you're annoying <laughs> but uh petty for sure because it's like i get it like you know you want to catch bad guys but it's like you you could never trust the guy who's too obsessed with his job mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you can just tell that he was way ra rather than like you know doing it for the benefit of society like his deal with marty was so personal that he just wanted to catch marty and that you know it was so he could win basically mm -hmm. and um yeah petty for sure the lvp so yep those, those are my yeah and i mean just like the way like the way he used russ and kind of fed on his weaknesses mm -hmm. see that again with how he feeds on rachel's weakness like it's just it's just some some dirty but dirty even stuff. with but even with agent evans you know oh yeah 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 because i don't even know i i guess it was revealed in season two because you know mm -hmm. that you know uh he had to evans basically had to vouch for his psychology mm -hmm. psycho uh, psychology uh, exam for petty because you can already tell petty was a little off in season one when you know he was just even when he was getting you know the business from that male uh worker um you know he was oh uh, yeah you know he was doing some sort of job on petty and petty was just like uh ranting to him and then at the end of that session the guy was like dude you have issues man yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> that's right that's right it, it becomes a more occurring thing in season two and three that like whenever marty does feel stumped and he's kind of like like whenever he feels like he's starting to lose control of the game he, he has like this like internal battle and like everything around him stops. And so like when he's kind of like having that spell, somebody has to pick up the pieces. And that's where I think Wendy becomes such an important piece, um, especially in seasons two and three is that she, uh, she also becomes, you know, a, a bigger player in the game and she's actually making her own deals and playing some offense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh oh and real quick before we uh you know wrap i did want to say another funny uh season one moment for me was uh you know after you know del uh, del's shocking death and marty's just spazzing out you know jacob you know as you know as true form in hillbilly fashion he's just like you know and, well you know he's just a man and guess what they'll you know replace another another mexican man in his place and he's like if there's one thing mexico is full of it's his mexican, right. his mexican <laughs> yeah. i'm like he ain't right or i was like he is right but it's just the irony um that jacob said guess what they'll send another mexican in his place and the irony of who was sent after Dell yeah. is just funny yeah yeah so. that's a that's a good that, that's a good um 
Yeah, I just I, I was like, that's yeah, the yeah, irony yeah. of that because you were expecting another Mexican, Mexican season two. <laughs> You're like, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said something to Dell. I'm forgetting what it was, but he said something like super racist to Dell that I thought was like like low key funny. And I want to say it was in that scene. But yeah, that that to... But also, um, oh, dude, um. Nah, I gotta go MVP, Loki MVP of season one, two. I forgot uh Buddy, Buddy Shotgun Garcia. Oh uh, yeah, one of yeah, the lieutenants. Yeah. And yeah. and um and see with Buddy Was that season one? That's crazy. Yeah, it was season one because when Dell made the call before uh you know making the deal official with the Snell, he basically said that uh he told Marty that yeah, Garcia. I just told him that Garcia got into some local trouble. He always that's right. Sees. That's right. Because remember, right. in the beginning, uh, Dell was asking, "Yo, how is the top lieutenant just disappear out of nowhere?" Why isn't he answering? And yeah. that's why he showed up. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, low key, uh, buddy, the the goat. He's the goat yeah. out of the whole show, and you can <laughs> tell that he was gonna be the one saving. He was gonna be the one saving them because he saw that Jonah was buying guns and shot. No, I'm, I'm I stick to my to to my uh, pick Jonah. that Jonah was the most improved because this boy uh this boy be finessing Tuck because he be making <laughs> yeah. like, no the Tuck buying a gun scene just yeah I, like it shows. I mean, shout out to Tuck, but it just I don't know if that was like to show how easy it was to obtain guns that i was thinking the same tuck, thing when i watched tuck, it tuck was just like hey blah blah blah. i need some guns and then tuck wasn't even authorized to buy one and then the guy was like are you sure you did it right i'm just gonna fix it for you remember he fixed yeah, uh, yeah, tuck, yeah. whatever uh registration form tuck signed because mm -hmm. i think tuck did it wrong <laughs> And I, I, th I think he said he was buying it on behalf of someone else. He signed oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and then he he had to sign that it was a it was for himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you're like, see, even little moments like that, you're like, oh my gosh, what's Tuck gonna do with his gun? And yeah. then Tuck walks out and he gives the gun to Jonah. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, Jonah. Shout out to Jonah. And but you know, you just knew that Buddy was going to be the one saving the family. At when the he end. took out the bullets. Yeah, when he took the bullets. From that one scared me, though, because I was like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, because I thought Jonah would was going to die. No. Yeah, because we knew it, it was unloaded, yeah. I thought he was going to be in a situation where he needed to use the gun, but there was no bullets, and then he would just, you know, so uh, yeah. that was... Was it also season one that Jonah caught Petty snooping, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah after he was uh watching Ruth rigging the dock. Yeah, so um yeah, shout out to Jonah. I mean, he was a uh, you're on the edge for a little bit, but yeah, I, I love Jonah the most. I mean, so, but other than that, what else? I think those were most. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's mostly majority of what happened in season one, from what I could remember, because yeah. all the everything else and yeah season one is basically this whole time you know Cade ruth's dad is still locked up and, and she's just like updating him and whatnot so. Yeah, so no season two and three are jam-packed so i think it would be they deserve the time yeah yeah, yeah. so sure. we can make it like a, a series that is the ozark series 
reviewing season each season. Yeah, so um, if you haven't seen Ozarks, watch season one now. Yeah. <laughs> before we season, get into before season, season two, two and three. Before we yeah, man. Two. I think I think we were all Finish able to binge. Thing. You can binge a season in, in a few days, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's only ten episodes each uh, each season, so it's uh, it's fairly doable. Um so yeah, that that concludes our season one review. We'll be doing season two and three later down the line. We'll also be doing Royal Rumble predictions. Oh, yeah. Within two weeks' time because it'll be two weeks from Sunday. So uh, you guys can look forward to that. That'll be another version of uh, Fight Bites that we'll do. But uh, for our last words, it can be Ozark-related. It can be whatever you want. Um, I will say for my last words, after I did, or even while I was watching it, it did make me just the scenes where they're on the river and they're just using their boat to go from place to place or like you see like the tourists on a boat it just made me want to like get out on the water which is such a bad time right now not only because of covid but the fact that it's winter time but it it did give me those vibes of like man it it would be nice to just be in like a situation like that where you can literally take your boat across the river from your house to like the blue cat or like wherever you're going you could take it to work and stuff i always thought that was cool and so um it, it always yeah definitely gave me that like um feeling of like hmm maybe uh one day i'll invest in a boat when i'm older you know have like a family boat to take a lake house stuff like that yeah get a lake house all that stuff hopefully i don't run into any like people laundering money for cartels but yeah i i think that would be pretty cool um what, what about you guys your last words uh for me i'll go um, I'll go with uh, listen to our previous podcast because I usually don't listen to the last. I haven't listened to the last ten episodes. I'm not gonna lie, but I did listen to re-listen to the NFL playoff predictions because basically everything. I don't know about y'all, but everything I predicted was like on point. Basically, everything I picked, even the spread picks, I even got it right. But the most impressive part was how, I mean, obviously some luck and, you know, some, you know, unfortunate things had to happen for it to be close to accurate. But what, like what I said about the Chiefs and Browns, that it might be a slow burn, that the score might be 21 to 16. I was almost right on the money because the score was 22 to 17. So that just shows that. You know, sometimes we be, I'd be saying some nonsense on this pod, but more often than not, like I have some rash, again, uh, you know, to end, I am known as the face of the franchise, but call me the rational guy from now on, because, you know, I just be thinking of rational things. And, you know, when you have rational thoughts, you know, rational results will happen. And uh, that 2116 prediction almost I listened to the Super Bowl picks because basically got it right. Listen to the UFC picks because basically almost got it right. So, hey, we, we at the Large Guys podcast, we're out here. You know, we don't just say things because we say things. We do it for a purpose. And I'm here as the rational guy representing people with all rational thoughts. Yeah. And so, right. Mr. Mr. Rational got the game. The game is in the building. <laughs> But no, for uh, for our, our regulars and our casuals and our our first time listeners, adios. And um, if you guys don't watch Ozarks after <laughs> listening to this, if you took an hour 
and a half of your time to listen to this and you don't watch the episode what are you doing with yourself go watch go watch the show like, also why would you even listen to, i think if you're listening to this pod you're either interested in starting ozark or if you've already watched ozark other than other than that what you just want to hear my take on the troops or like <laughs> i don't know well, you guys gotta you guys gotta watch and um yeah also, tune in yeah tune into the fight this weekend it's pin uh, pinoy <laughs> pinoy connor um going against uh it's gonna be interesting it's gonna be fun yeah yeah, it should be a fun weekend. I mean, the fight and then like, what well, Saturday night, right? It's not yeah, gonna be know. like, it's not gonna be like in the yeah. afternoon or anything, right? No, it'll be, be nighttime. Yeah. Yeah, and then so Saturday night is a uh, UFC two fifty seven. Then Sunday it's pretty much championship football. Um, mm-hmm. So, looking forward to that Good for weekend. sure. Um, pretty much the goat versus the goat, like Rogers versus Brady. And then you got um, future goats. Yeah, yeah, pretty Chad much Hedding, like future Mahomes goat. and like Josh Allen. Like what? They're Perfect. both like what twenty five and younger. So yeah, crazy. So looking forward to that because I mean we don't even know if Mahomes is going to play at this point. Um, oh, so I think he's on concussion protocol, isn't he? So yeah, it should be interesting. Right Supposedly, um, even if he plays, like Buffalo still got a shot. Like I mean, they got. I heard he spot. also got turf toe. Mahomes? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he he's gonna play through that. Yeah, so I mean it's a matter he got of him, in the like, first quarter. Yeah, I hope he plays in just so that like if if Buffalo's gonna win, there's no excuses, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but um okay. yeah, definitely looking forward to that. So yeah, we'll, I'll think- we'll, we'll we'll probably um on our next pod we'll probably talk about like Super Bowl and everything and probably whoever yeah. wins. So yeah. I believe Super Bowl Sunday. Is the same Sunday as Rumble now that I think about it. No? No, no, no. Rumble is next weekend. Yeah, Super Bowl's in February. Yeah. They they always do a one week break, usually yeah. for the Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, Pro Bowl. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That's right. Well, this month is uh going by fast. Um, I guess real quick, uh since we won't pod until after this round, who you who are you guys picking to win those two games? Chiefs Packers. Uh, I said Chiefs Packers last time. Yeah, I'm sticking with that. I think I'm sticking with it. I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills win. It really depends on Mahomes' health, though. Yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs, Packers, and Chiefs over um, Packers. (laughs) Yeah, Packers. Packers. I think. uh, Yeah, I think it's if if Patrick Mahomes plays Chiefs Packers. If not, I mean, one thing that Andy Reid has said is like we have tons of weapons that we can rely on. We just need a guy to not turn the ball over. Right. Yeah. But uh, with, without Mahomes, I think Buffalo would take that, but yeah, Chiefs Packers assuming Mahomes plays. Um, yeah. So that will conclude our episode. I, I, I do want to spotlight uh, two big winners from yesterday that, um, that I, I saw. Um, the first one is the, I guess she was named the first national youth poet laureate in American history. Um, that's Amanda oh, Borman. Yeah, um, she, she made headlines yesterday with uh, reciting the poem during the inauguration. And also uh, another winner from the inauguration, other, um, of course, besides Biden and, uh, and Harris who were, you know, sworn in. Um, but the second winner I have 
from yesterday's inauguration are uh, the Joe, uh, not the Joe Biden. Um, what's his name? The Bernie Sanders memes, because yes. uh, Daryl was posting stuff on his story. There is one of him sitting in Brand's chair. <laughs> I saw one of him as a, uh, as um, Beth Harmon's opponent in Queens Gambit. Um, yeah, there's a couple. There's, Yo, there's some good Star Wars man. ones. There's tons of ones. I don't know what, those i mean i think yeah those mittens look like they were from like old blankets or what whatever <laughs> but regardless uh the internet is is another big winner from yesterday those those biden memes or not i keep saying biden because he got sworn in but those um those bernie sander memes um are still flowing in even today and uh it's just stuff like that that um you know is always just fun to be a part of um but yeah so if, if you guys made it to the end of this episode, we just thank you again for your support. Thank you to all of our current subscribers. And if you have not subscribed and you're listening to this, please hit that subscribe button. <laughs> Trying to get to 100, like I said at the beginning of the episode. This is for a good cause. This is for Kyle putting Pow in a triangle choke and the world getting to witness that on Instagram. What's the count right now? What's the what's the We're at uh, 71 still. 71? 71. Damn. So our last subscriber was actually your wife. <laughs> it was it was me logging on to my wife's yeah that's true account. yeah it, it, it was it was you using your wife's account um so we're we're still at 71 which is an improvement um from uh, even just a week ago but we're just slowly getting our way now we're up to you know just 20 more 20 more new subscribers until we get to our goal um and of course, 20 more we need like 29, 29. more. I, I said 29 did oh. i say 29 you said 20 i, I heard 20 yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. I, I meant to, in my head, I'm thinking 29. It's late y'all. Um, 20 is the but, new 29. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, but of course, yeah, subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, check us out on Spotify, Apple, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And um, yeah, just thank you guys again for sticking with us. We'll give you some more Ozark content in the future and, and a lot of more fun stuff. So be on the lookout for that. But until next time, we will see you guys. Peace out. God bless.